Legends of Wrestling, one of the biggest events of the year. 10,000 fans in attendance as Ken Anderson takes on David Arquette. David Arquette is the wrestler sucks. I don't give a shit about David Arquette. It's the biggest disgrace in professional wrestling history. David Arquette just, what's going on here? An untrained Hollywood actor wins most prestigious championship. His involvement in wrestling really hurt his career. 10 years of rejection, that's crazy. I want to clear my name and through the process, honor wrestling. This ain't the movies. We don't have stunt doubles. I'd like to announce my return to professional wrestling. Can I wrestle again? What are your thoughts? Yeah. <laughs> That's my boy. Why do you want to get back in the ring? It's been 18 years of people thinking I disrespected wrestling. I'm just kind of sick of being a joke. There's a lot going on with David. His anxiety is crippling. Two years ago, it's a heart attack. A year later, it's a death match. So what does that mean for next year? The ribs actually break. They can actually bleed into your lung. Wrestling's not fake, guys. Wrestling's not fake. Wrestling! You are godlike. You are the man. Presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. And now for something completely different. Hey, I was, I'm a Hall of Famer. I'm in three Halls of Fame. For the young fans, it, they don't give a damn. They just give a damn about themselves and what they're hearing now. And I got no problem with those rules. I know the rules going in. I'm happy to play the game that way. And when Ivan came off with that uh, knee drop from the top rope and he bent me, I thought that something happened. I couldn't hear a thing. You could have heard the pin drop in that arena. It touched me so deeply that when I went in the dressing room, I really felt depressed. I'll tell you that, I'll tell you right to his face. If it's Hogan and I, if he wanted to get in a real street fight with me, trust me, he would lose, and he knew it. You know, that's the other thing. They give you the belt, and they're like, okay, you're in charge of me. I was like, what? When you mentioned a guy like Harley Race, that kind of legendary status, it's obvious why people would get upset. Or as I'm concerned, Roddy Piper was not a wrestler. He wasn't even a good worker. If he had to go out and work his way to the top and not have good friends like Jim Barnett. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying he's not a good guy. He's just not a tough guy. Bro, I swear to you, I don't have an ego. Like, I don't give a crap. I, that stuff is not in... 
important to me. People don't know me. They have no idea of who I am. They know of me as being a fictional character that they saw on TV. People didn't understand that, you know, the guy they saw in the ring that happened to be using his real name, that happened to actually be the president of the company, they really believed that that guy that they loved to hate was actually a pretty decent guy. And I think many people have the perception that I really was that character. They are Primetime Pod and Chad, the two men, Power Trip of Wrestling. Wow. 
Hello and welcome to the two-man power trip of wrestling. This is your host JP John Paz and on today's feature episode a part of the two-man power trip of wrestling's podcasting empire we have on none other than a returning star, an actor, producer, director, a writer, a professional wrestler, a former WCW World Heavyweight Champion, as David Arquette returns to the two-man power trip of wrestling. And this episode is all about You Cannot Kill David Arquette, his awesome documentary, his love letter to professional wrestling, which is available now. You can check it out on Amazon and on iTunes. It's just an awesome documentary. I couldn't put it over more. And then throw on top of it that I do make several appearances in it. So that makes me love it even more. So cool. And uh, to be credited in it and to have a small, small role in it as far as him being at our convention. Me setting up uh, him with Rick Kelly, who is a good friend of ours and good friend of the shows, who is a professional wrestler. If you remember him in the film, he has that awesome van and they're kind of taking uh, David to the backyard wrestling world. So that is a cool part. And also set him up with some training with RC. If you remember that crazy character from the film, I uh, literally, we brought him out to middle of nowhere in Virginia, in, like in the middle of a farm in the middle of legit nowhere. And he's out there training and sweeping the ring and working his ass off and sweating. And man, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, man, this huge Hollywood star, David Arquette is literally in the middle of nowhere working out hard busting his ass doing whatever he can for his love for professional wrestling it's one of those things that i'll never forget it's getting got a great picture of him in the ring it's just a great moment uh, for me and i just think that's so cool and if you're a wrestling fan it's kind of uh teetering on the edge of if you like arquette or not just think about this this guy went to crazy lengths and live with torment for 20 years just to prove that he loves and respects the business. And you got to love and respect that from him. Just so cool. And, you know, the funny thing is, and he agrees with me, when we had him on the show a few years ago, we were promoting Survivor's Guide to Prison, which he was a producer on. And we, you know, we talked about the, the film for a few minutes. And we said, all right, let's get into the nitty gritty here. Let's talk about professional wrestling and he that's when he like lit up and he just really got excited and he he loved talking about that and it was really kind of his first quote-unquote wrestling interview that, that he's done and up until that point and now you know you see him kind of everywhere doing interviews and, and promoting his stuff but that was kind of his first kind of foray where I really heard him talking about the wrestling business again and he said then and he says it again at the interview maybe uh maybe I sparked something maybe the two-man power trip of wrestling sparked his return to the wrestling business I don't know if that's good or bad, but uh, I think it's a good thing, and I think he's an awesome guy, and I think that's really cool that after uh, 20 years he was finally able to get this out there and show the world that he uh, loves the professional wrestling business, starting from backyard wrestling at our convention, his first ever wrestling convention, to all the way to Mexico to do some Lucha Libre and out there to Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, and then all over the independent scene, even doing a death match. So it's really, really Cool stuff. Uh, really highly recommend this documentary. Definitely want to check this out if you're a wrestling fan. I mean, it took a while to film. Years in the making. David Darg and Price James really did a great job with this film. Got to give a shout out to those guys and recognize them. I mean, it's just awesome stuff from top to bottom. I really enjoyed this. And even the cameos from, of course, David's wife, Christina. But 
his ex-wife as well. Courtney Cox is in the film. I just think that's really cool. And of course, you know, you'll see guys like Rick Flair and Eric Bischoff, who he's actually very good friends with as well. So I think that you're really going to enjoy the film. And I think you are really, really going to enjoy this interview because we hit on everything. We hit on him winning the WCW world heavyweight championship. We hit on whether he had fun in WCW. Does he look back on it fondly? What did he think about that whole run and then kind of turning quote unquote heel and going Hollywood? So, I mean, this is really, really a fun interview. Just been Dying to get David back on the show. He is a trip. He's just such an awesome, awesome guy. And I can't recommend this documentary enough. But as far as the TMPT Empire, I highly recommend you go to our website, tmptempire.com, and check out the latest from us and all of our podcasts we've got going on. We've got Talking Tough with Rick Bassman. We've got Taskmaster Talks with Kevin Sullivan, Taking You to School with Dr. Tom Pritchard, University of Dutch with Dutch Mantel, Shane Douglas's Triple Threat Podcast, Lavi Margolin's Trump Mania, and so much more. Check it out on tmptempire.com. You can follow me on Instagram and on Twitter at Two Man Power Trip. So without any further ado, I'm going to send it on over to an epic interview with a former WCW World Heavyweight Champion. Yes, you cannot kill Mr. David Arquette. Joining us on the line right now is an actor, a producer, a director, a writer, and a professional wrestler. He is, of course, the former WCW World Heavyweight Champion, and he's returning to the show, Mr. David Arquette. David, welcome back to the two-man power trip of wrestling. Hey, thanks a lot, John. How are you doing? I am doing very, very good. I've seen the documentary, You Cannot Kill David Arquette. It is awesome. How's the whirlwind you know, tour going, if you will, of putting out this awesome documentary? Uh, it's been wild. It's been a, a crazy experience all along, the whole journey of the film and then putting it out. It's, uh, it's been a lot. It's been fun, though. Awesome to kind of see it and to be in it, because I'm actually in the documentary a few times, and it was just such was a cool. cool thing. Yeah, it's just awesome. So when you were kind of thinking of this idea, I don't know if you'll remember this, but we did an interview with you, I want to say maybe it was about three years ago, and you were promoting Survivor's Guide to Prison, and mm. you were the producer on there. And I don't know if you were maybe working us a little bit, but I said to you, you know, what about coming back to wrestling? And you said, you know what? 
I have a thought in my mind, and I think I want to come back to wrestling. Were you did this idea already have spawned, or maybe you working me a little bit? But you know, what was the idea as far as uh, doing the documentary? Yeah, I'd been, <clears throat> you know, I'd been thinking about it for a long time, and just kind of having germs of ideas, and and just, you know, I never got to properly train, and it had always been something that I wanted to be able to show people that I I could you know, perform, I could be, be a wrestler. I could, you know, do some of the stuff and, and I wanted, I always wanted to learn and properly train. So that had always been in my head, but then I had two stents put in my heart. Uh, and after the surgery, I was like, I told my wife, I'm, I've been, I, I really think I want to wrestle. <laughs> She's like, what are you talking about? She thought I was crazy. And, and then uh, that was sort of the idea. And my friend Bryn Muser at XTR uh, got behind the idea and really believed in it. And then uh, Christina came along after that, and she ended up producing the whole thing and really really being uh, the champion behind it all. Yeah, just awesome. And I remember at that point I was like, I don't know. He's such a smart guy and such a good worker. Maybe he's working and saying that he's got something in mind for wrestling. But I guess it was always on your mind probably, right, for like the last 20 years. It was. I just didn't like getting sort of bullied online and stuff. And, and I didn't like that I, it was seen that I disrespected the sport so much. I didn't mean to, you know, I, I really mm-hmm. love wrestling and I, I wanted to uh, do a love letter to wrestling. And that's sort of what this film is. How was the, you know, review so far? Cause what I've seen is like, mostly I'd say 99% positive. What's kind of been the experience on your end? Yeah, it's been really great. I mean, we're we're, we're uh, like eighty six percent Rotten Tomatoes, which is oh, we're fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, which is <laughs> something good. So uh, yeah, the you know there's been some people that have hated on it, but there's always going to be haters. <laughs> I've learned that you just kind of have to accept that. Yeah, you just gotta gotta ignore that. But that's pretty damn good. Eighty six percent coming in pretty good. I I loved it. I thought it was just uh, so well done. And and you know, obviously uh, David Darg, who I know a little bit. I mean, he did such a great job with it. I mean, what was yeah. kind of the experience like with those guys? Because this is not like one and done. It took you guys a month. I mean, this is a few years in production. Yeah, uh, David Darg and James Price were the directors. They did a really superb job. They we wanted to start sort of at you know, backyard wrestling, just kind of work our way up and go to Mexico and train with luchas and then, and then have, uh, go through the independent scene. So yeah, it was a long time. I mean, a lot of the, the, the time I did in the Indies, they didn't really get on film. We used a couple of clips from the, uh, different promotions I worked at, but, um, yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> it was a couple of years in the making and, and, uh, you know, some really crazy tough times, but uh, I got a real uh, education in wrestling and, and have so much respect for them now. I mean, I can hardly watch wrestling. I mean, I watch wrestling all the time, but it's really hard to watch because I know how painful it is on the body. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. And just a little sidebar here, when you set up that backyard wrestling and, and you did that whole thing, I actually did play a part in that. Cause when you were down in Richmond, you did our convention, um, two man power trip, uh, con two in yeah. the movie. I mean, the movie, it's a little bit different. I, I don't think it's actually credited to us, but you know, they, they changed it up they a little didn't, bit. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. We got some of the credits <laughs> wrong. There were so many like 
things and uh, after two years. But I'm sorry if they, oh, yeah. a couple well, people have talked about the credits not being right. Yeah, it, it's. I mean, I, I'm in there, and, and, and Two Man Power Trip is in there as far as credits, but it's the convention itself. You know, it doesn't um, matter. I mean, we don't care. But like, I guess it, it kind of went with the theme. It was kind of unnamed convention that you were at, but that was just such a cool park. Is I, I see myself in there, see a couple of my friends in there, and then a good cool. buddy, uh, Rick Kelly, is a good buddy. I actually set you up with him and set up David Darg. He said, "Hey, do you know any local wrestlers in Richmond?" And I really feel like Rick Kelly kind of stole the show a little bit, driving you around uh, in that old awesome Rick- old school van. Oh, he was amazing. He was really, he's the heart and soul of wrestling, like really, you know, a real worker and and gets it. And uh, he taught me a lot. He gave me a lot of inspiration. He was a really sweet guy. That was just kind of so cool to see. Like you didn't want to just, hey, I'm going to wrestle in like this big company. I mean, you really wanted to start from the bottom and start doing backyard. I mean, that shows your respect for the business, but I love that. And and I don't know if you remember this. We set you up, and I got you uh, to train with the RC in yeah. literally the backwoods of Virginia. And you were sweeping the ring. You were sweeping like I was like, "What is he doing? He's a you know big Hollywood star. What the hell is he doing?" And you literally were treating it as if you were just some you know not scrub or whatever, but low ranking rookie wrestler. Yeah, I mean that's what you you do. You have to kind of do that stuff to to know where you know how the ring's set up and and help sort of you know carry people's bags and do things like that you have to kind of do that coming up in wrestling so you so you know so you know so your body's prepared for all the impacts it's going to take so you don't get dizzy and you don't get lost in the ring and you kind of know you have more of a respect there's a lot of respect involved in wrestling and now I know it better than I did when I first went into WCW so I, I have such so much more of appreciation for it. What was your thought process as you're training in the backwoods of Virginia, literally in the middle of nowhere? Were you like thinking like, man, I'm really dedicated, this is crazy, this is a mistake, or what's kinda of, you know, your thought process and what's going through your head as you're going through this really rigorous training? Um I uh it's just I had Peter Avalon was an incredible trainer, so I was lucky enough to meet him. And he really he's at AEW as the librarian now, and he's a tremendous wrestler. So he was really great and showing me the ropes and uh, you know just getting a ring in my backyard. I was able to train quite a bit, but I also did jujitsu and boxing and and you know I did DDPY, which helped me lose a bunch of the weight at the beginning and, and be flexible and not sort of injure myself in the ring. You have taken this so seriously. Has there been like, any backlash from wrestlers, you know, even maybe back in the day, but has there been any backlash from wrestlers about you and, and like, you know, being involved with, with pro wrestling? Well, there's a the point in the film where me and RJ kind of show uh behind the curtain and kind of we're doing a walkthrough of, of what we're going to do in the ring to, to Yuma, one of the producers of a championship wrestling from Hollywood. So that some people have a little bit of an issue with that. I mean, uh, uh, it was funny. Uh, RVD, who's great. I love RVD, but he wrote David Arquette uh, did a wrestling documentary uh, for expo- because he felt bad about exposing the business, and he exposed the business. <laughs> but uh, but he still loved the movie, which he was really cool about. And he's got a great documentary called Headstrong that's coming out. Um, but you know, 
you know, none of the real bigger knees uh, wanted anything to do with me, really. So that was a little depressing. I kind of wanted to, you know, just for scale to really bring it up on a level. But it kind of worked out perfectly because our first day of shooting was a bar fight that we had <laughs> with the Nasty Boys. And then <laughs> after my death match, Brian Knobs was cool enough to call me up, and he felt bad about what had happened, and he, he invited me to go to Legends of Wrestling. So that was a real sort of full circle moment, and it kind of worked out perfectly for the film. And now, I did feel it? like after the whole thing uh, that I was one of the boys in the locker room, I do feel like I earned their respect. That is awesome. That is good. Now, as far as that, was that legit? I mean, was, like, Knobs and Sags really going to, like – you know, throw down. Were they, were they that mad? Was that was legit. Yeah. Okay. That was, they were mad. That wasn't planned. You know, none, nothing was really planned. I mean, except for like, you know, working out your matches and stuff like that. But, you know, I, I understand, you know, it was, it was something, it happened in this weird way. We were doing some B-roll with me and Eric Bischoff at the bar and I didn't know all the wrestlers had walked in and I didn't know the cameras were kind of going around filming people. And I think it got to like Ricky Steamboat or something. And that's where Sags was protective. And then one of my favorite things, although it's not in the film is that I got taken to wrestler court, which, uh, which is this, <laughs> you know, this real, thing that happens if there's a dispute you go to the sort of highest ranking wrestler and they kind of act as judge and jury and he was like yeah you should have asked and Ricky Steamboat took me to wrestling court which <laughs> to me I was like die a happy man because he is just such an incredible wrestler and man so you were guilty what was the uh you know what was the punishment I had to buy everyone drinks and food <laughs> I racked up like a three thousand dollar bill or something. It was, they, they had they really everyone had some rough nights. Someone passed out. It was a it was a lot. That is awesome. Now, obviously, with that death match with uh, Nick Gage, what like what happened there it was just. Uh, I mean, it just yeah, obviously got crazy. You really got your jugular really got sliced. What happened with the that match? Um, my jugular didn't get sliced. I, I was. My uh, neck got pierced, right, and I right. thought okay. my jugular had gotten cut. So I, I did for a few minutes there think I was dying. But I had gotten out of the ring, and then I was holding my neck, and I hear from the crowd Luke Perry, who's a dear friend that I've known since I was 17 years old. He said, Davey, it's Luke. And I took my hand off, and I said, Luke, is it pumping? He said, it's not pumping. So I knew uh, I wasn't dying immediately, so I wanted to finish the match. Was that so what happened there was, uh, it's a, you know, it, things happen sometimes in a wrestling ring. <laughs> you know, I had stepped out of line a couple of times. I mean, he had stepped out of line a couple of times. There were a few receipts and uh, being paid back, and then it just sort of got out of control. Any regrets as far as, like, doing a death match, or you, you would do it again if, if you had to? I don't think I'd do a death match. I'm, you know, first the cinematic storytelling it worked out well and I have no hard feelings toward Nick Cage I think he's a tremendous wrestler I think he's a lot better wrestler than people give him credit for and I, I wish like one of the big companies would, would call him up because I think he's got a ton to offer he's really a, a, a tremendous wrestler like the moves that we did do together he uh, uh, you know he was really smooth and and, and uh, 
So uh, I wish him the best. Now you mentioned that you know no big companies, quote unquote, you know wanted to to touch it. So WWE or AEW, like nobody kind of reached out because you would think huge star power. You're you've got a project you're working on. You would work with them, and they would want to work with you. No. Apparently not. <laughs> no, no, no. They weren't interested. So who knows down the line? Maybe I. Uh, I got nothing but respect for for those guys. I was talking to Cody Rhodes uh, throughout the process about you know having him be my final match, uh, but luckily we got Mr. Anderson because Cody was building AEW at the time, so he was too busy. And Mr. Anderson is uh, probably one of those old school guys, right? That thinks you're coming into his business. He's kind of got that approach. Uh, yeah, he's he's just a great guy. He's got a tremendous school in Minnesota. He's uh, he's a just a top notch professional. Just the greatest guy. I feel bad because in the film it looks like I won the match, but he won that match. <laughs> you know, so it's uh, I feel a little bad because I, I got kicked out of the editing room. My my wife was the true producer on the film. She was really the true champion of it. So uh, she at one point just they had to kick me out of the editing room. I was too close to it. But in the in the process, I was sticking to a lot of the like wrestling storytelling, the the match storytelling and stuff like that. And then and in a film, you just don't have all the time for that. But they live online. You can find those different matches if if people are real wrestling fans and want to go a little deeper. Does your wife actually like professional wrestling? Because it seems like she doesn't. Uh, she doesn't really get it still. <laughs> no, she doesn't get my <laughs> obsession. She doesn't get, like, why I love it so much. And I'm still watching it all the time. She's like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> she doesn't really understand it. But I understand that. You know, it's not for everyone. But it, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. I, I would love for her to wrestle <laughs> because she used to be a figure skater. But... I don't think she could take all the bumps and all the stuff. She's she's a, she's not that type of girl. Now I remember back in, in Nitro when you were champion when Courtney Cox and obviously Kurt Russell, but really Courtney Cox is making fun of you like David, you're not a wrestler. And she's actually in the documentary. I mean, that was a great get. I thought she was great yeah. in it too. Yeah, she was really cool and supportive. I mean, we have a six year old daughter together, so she's really a wonderful uh co parent to, to Coco and and she was really supportive by being in the film. I was really appreciative of that. But that was one of my favorite moments at WCW is the fact that I was filming 3,000 Miles to Graceland at the time mm-hmm. and went up there to, to Vancouver, and, and Kurt Russell was so cool to, to be a part of it. And I just thought it was kind of a coup to get Kurt Russell as part of into the wrestling world and stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, huge, huge name. And I have a Courtney Cox there, too. And you play off them so well, too. You're like, what? I'm the champion. What, what do you mean I'm not in wrestling? What do you mean? Yeah. So you, I mean, you played, you played off that, that that pretty great. When that actually all went down, obviously, uh, you pin Eric Bischoff, who you know makes his appearance in the movie as well. You're cross-promoting, ready to rumble. You're going to play Gordy. Great, great movie. Great character. When you When you actually are going to pin Bischoff and win the title is that one of those things you're like you guys have to be joking I mean did you actually think that that was actually going to happen when you showed up at Thunder that day no I didn't and I told him at first I thought that's a terrible idea you can't do that I was like no 
Um, <clears throat> but they explained it to me. I mean, DDP pretty much said, like, well, if you don't do it, that's it. You know, no more promotion for WCW, I'm uh, for Ready to Rumble. No more uh, wrestling with WCW. Like, that's it. And, th- and they said, if you do do it, you'll be able to go two weeks into the pay-per-view. And I was like, are you kidding? I get to travel with you guys and wrestle some more and really get in the ring and do some stuff. But uh, I never really got to do anything. They never, they had like some insurance policy on me that I couldn't get hurt. They would always just kind of beat me up and then someone would come in and beat them up and then they'd roll me on top of the person that was the <laughs> finishing move. So people ended up just kind of hating the whole storyline. We thought it would be taken more comedic and fun, but uh, I understand it now because winning a belt's like winning the Oscar, you know, to them. And, and not only that, it's, it's a culmination of years and years of training and, you know, abuse they've put on their body that they've done for the fans. So, uh, you know, I was sitting in the locker room before, or like right after I'd won the belt, and I said, well, Booker, how many times have you won the belt? And he said, no, I've never been the champion. And I was like, are you kidding? So in my next promo, I went out I, and I went off script and I said, uh, I don't deserve to be champion. Booker T deserves to be champion. Chris Canyon deserves to be champion. So, um, so uh, and he became champion shortly after that. So I was happy that I had uh, hopefully planted a little seed or, or, you know, I think from the reaction of the crowd is what did it. I was like, I don't deserve to be champion. Booker T deserves to be champion. And the crowd just popped crazy. So they were like, whoa, <laughs> you know, like we didn't think of that. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. so it was, it was just, I was thrilled when he had become champion. Did you ever want to be WCW champion? Yeah. My thing was like, I thought it would, people would take it more as like a fan becoming the champion, like how, how it's almost like every fan's dream to look up like, Oh, that'd be so cool to have the belt and be the champion. I thought that's more of how it would have been taken. But the fact that I was like an actor and a comedic actor at that and smaller in stature, Brian and and Seth Rollins, you know, who I'm Mm -hmm. more comparable in size to, but, um, but it wasn't taken that way, and I, and I understand. As far as you know, winning the title, I think a lot of people don't realize too. You I mean it's not like you pinned a wrestler per se. I mean, you pinned Bischoff, who was a part of a tag match with it was you and DDP against Bischoff and Jarrett. Does that make it any less like maybe people need to simmer down on it? Or you should still think eh, I can still see why they're crazy that you were champ. Yeah, I still can see why they think it was crazy. Uh, we that was the logic behind it that I didn't really pin a wrestler, but uh, they didn't buy it, and I understand why. It's a it's a um, honorable and like coveted award or whatever um, accolade to to achieve, and you should be professional trained and, and have put in the time and really uh, you know you deserve it you know I didn't deserve it that's what what really upset them did you think you kind of understood the role like the role as champion or you think that it just got kind of too convoluted and it just didn't really kind of go off and you like it didn't I know it got mainstream press in the USA today and stuff but do you think that it just didn't work at all and it just wasn't going to work um, 
I I just didn't really understand it. I just didn't. I just didn't. I knew that it was that they shouldn't uh, like it was a bad idea when they first brought it up. But we just didn't know how bad an idea. We didn't know that it would last twenty years of <laughs> people mm. being upset about it. <laughs> so, in that respect, you know, I've run across a lot of wrestling fans who've been like, "I, I thought it was a fun storyline," because some wrestling fans really appreciate surprises. Like, you know, they like when they don't see it coming, and they didn't see that coming. And that's one one thing where people do come up to me and said, uh, I thought it was a fun storyline. It's, it's that part, that it was a, a swerve. And, I mean, it's not like you held the title for a while. You end up losing it, right, in that, in that triple cage, kind of turned and heel. Let me and just, let me just say, Joe, I gave it up. I gave. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't lose. I gave it. I properly gave it. I turned heel like, a, you know, it was all part of the big plan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That I I love it. I mean, that was so good, and it it just kind of fits like that Hollywood persona. I mean, oh, this David yeah. Arquette. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah, and then they really hated me. Like I had real heel heat at that point. <laughs> they really were like, oh, like so mad at me for winning it, for being from Hollywood stuff. And you know, there was always this undertone that I loved the Andy Kaufman time, and I loved what he did, and I loved how much he loved wrestling. So I made sure, like, during the whole time that Jerry Lawler, you know, gave me a pile driver and that, you know, there was, like, some winks and nods to Andy Kaufman throughout this whole thing. It's kind of like I wanted to do what he did on a uh, on a higher sort of more trained, sort of more not just wrestling women, for instance. That is awesome. And, and on an old episode that we did with Bob Zamuda, I interviewed him about Kaufman. Oh, wow. He gave me the longest answer to my question about Jerry Lawler. It was, I think, if I remember correctly, it was a 22-minute answer on what happened that day with Lawler and the pile driver. <laughs> I, oh mean, it was, it, it, I mean, Zamuda, I mean, he might be a little crazy. Yeah, he is. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I literally still have <laughs> a pain from that uh, that that uh, pile driver. My neck's never been the same. It is no joke wrestling. You really have to be super trained for it, and you know you shouldn't take it lightly. And um, it's for professionals, professionals only for sure. I think that like one of the big takeaways of you being the champion and you wrestling for WCW is you never took any of the money. I mean, you donated it right to the to the families of, of wrestlers, correct? Yeah, yeah, that was supposed to be sort of something people didn't know but then I was getting and, and Paige was getting uh, Dallas was getting so much uh, heat for it that he he mentioned it at one point so then it became public and then, so I also wanted to have uh, have uh, uh, Brian uh, Brian Pillman Jr. Uh, in the film so that's why it's, it's at the end of the movie. More so, not wanting to just let people know that I did that. More so, to have him on, in the film. So down the line, we can sign the same posters. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, though, I mean, if you really look at it, like people can't be 
that upset. I mean, you're not even taking, I mean, maybe, okay, oh, he, you know, he won the belt, blah, blah. But, I mean, that's pretty remarkable that you're giving away the money to the I mean, that, that shows your love of the business and you really respect these guys and what they accomplished and what they did. Oh, I absolutely do. It's a, it's a really rough sport. And I have a newfound like respect and love for it that I, I never uh, could imagine how, how deep it goes. But it's like, I've noticed that everybody involved in wrestling loves wrestling. Like that's why they, they become part of this business. So I just never knew why I couldn't be part of it in a sense or just be accepted because I too love wrestling and, you know, never meant to dishonor it. Do you look back fondly at all on the WCW, like title win and title run? I mean, is that something, is there any like kind of positives to like to look back on? Maybe. Uh, Absolutely. It was a, a few dream cold come ones true. Flyer. Yeah, it was a dream come true. I mean, it really did like always dream of it as a kid. So it's something that was like, oh, this is just what I've dreamt of. You know, this is kind of like what I've always, you know, uh, like dreamed of as a kid. So, you know, that part was great. And then touring, like, you know, getting drunk with Ric Flair and (laughs) flying on an airplane and walking through an airport with Hulk Hogan, I mean, and Sting. I mean, it it was really a dream come true for me. It's one of those things where it's like, man, like it, it, if wrestling is supposed to be fun, that's kind of a fun thing. And people always say, oh, uh, you know, Vince Russo and Arquette, they, they killed WCW. I mean, how much credence do you put into that at all? Uh, I, I don't, you know, I mean, the whole business was kind of failing. Of, uh, you know, WCW was, was taking a dive at that point, so... I don't think, you know, I think it had a little impact on it. It was just part of the state of where the the, the company was at that point. But I don't think, uh, you know, I was responsible for killing it. So hopefully, like, through this whole process, I, what I really wanted was that belt to come back for, for uh, WWE to put it back into rotation. I just don't like the fact that that belt isn't, you know, being challenged for anymore. I love the big old belt. It's the best looking world title belt ever. I, I think. Yeah, me too. Just love you know, the look of it and everything about it. Is so cool. But I think maybe people might forget though. You do make an appearance, you know, in the WWE uh, back in 2010, you get a little bit of a, a beating from Randy Orton, however. Yeah, that was fantastic. He's such a tremendous wrestler. And you know, I got to work a teeny bit with the Miz and uh, Riley and, and and Randy Orton. He put me through a table. Uh, I loved it. I had been going through a divorce at the time and had spent the whole night drinking in in New Orleans. So I showed up and I wasn't in the best condition. So I kind of regret that. I think that might have something to do with the reason why. Uh, WWE might not be so like uh, <laughs> fast to invite me on, but you know I've got my head on right now, and and I do love the business, and uh, I love the relationship with the fans that you have, and being able to perform to them directly on a one-on-one basis, even though you're performing to a whole room full of people, and just have a little connection 
with with some of them and run into them multiple times at different events and stuff. It's it's really a it's a special business. It's a special group of people and and uh, podcasts like yours and and all these you know podcasts that support wrestling. It's really a it's wonderful. All you meet all the vendors that go around and have all the cool vintage stuff and brings you back to your childhood. It's 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 something I'll I'll love to the day I die and I'm just really glad I had the opportunity to, to train and get in there and uh be a part of it. And one thing when you were at our convention that I've got to put over big time is I believe it was your first ever wrestling convention as well. I mean, I could be wrong, but I believe it was your first ever, but you went around to all the vendors and all the tables and you made sure you bought something and took a picture, you know, with everybody. And you were like above and beyond what we thought you would be. We're like, Oh, there's Hollywood stars here. No. I mean, you were a man of the people that day. Yeah, it was funny, but you know, there's a shot of me at an empty table. I may have only done like two or three, four signatures that day. I mean, you know, in that wrestling community at that time, they still were definitely there. There were, you know, there's some of the vendors that got upset and the, you know, on camera talking mm-hmm. about it. But, um, uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm what you call a mark. I mean, I know some people <laughs> say it's a bad term, but you know, I'm the guy at the circus that you put the, the chalk mark on my back because they know I'll I'll go and I'll you know play all the games and stuff, and that's sort of who I am. I, I when I go to horror conventions, I do that a lot of the time too. I, some of my favorite parts of the horror conventions I go to is going to the vendors and seeing the different cool T-shirts or little collectibles that they have and, and bringing some of that home. Yeah, I guess they were the fans that day. They were more into the NWO. Hall, Nash, and Bischoff were there. They were they were not as into David Arquette. <laughs> they were great, though. It was great to see those guys again because they had been at WCW when I was there, and they were pretty pissed about the whole thing and kind of, you know, kept their distance. But uh, yeah, at that event, they were really gracious and kind to me. I really appreciated Kevin Nash and, and Scott Hall for that. One other thing I wanted to put over is, I messaged you and I said, hey, that T-shirt, it was a blue T-shirt, you as the world champion on it, it's awesome. It says Arquette, it says world champion. And you said, hey, give me your address, I'll send it to you. And I was like, what, get out of here. Like two days later, I had an awesome world champion David Arquette shirt at my door. So I got to put you over that. Like, what a nice guy. I was like, Jesus, this guy, you're too nice. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, I believe in kindness. I believe in trying to, you know. I don't, I don't like mean people. <laughs> you know what I mean? I like, yep. you know, kind and, and, you know, life's tough enough, you know, for everybody. So, you know, I want to try to spread a little sunshine whenever I can. I feel like, and I people... got to, I got to meet a, a Piper before he passed and he was just such a genuine, great guy. He really sort of, and, and Diamond Dallas Page, you know, just, you meet, and Mick Foley. I mean, some of these guys are just such world-class human beings that uh, it's great to know them and become friends with them. Yeah, and uh, Piper and, and Foley, those guys are awesome. DDP is awesome. But I feel like if people really got to know you, they wouldn't be so mad. You know what I mean? If if they knew the real you, like such a nice guy, you went out of your way, make sure everybody's happy, you know, send you know send me something, uh, you know, who the hell am I? But you're sending me something, you know, to, to make me happy. So I was just like, wow, I mean, if people knew who the real David Arquette was, maybe they wouldn't be so angry about him winning a fake title. 
I don't know. It's not a fake title, though. It's it's real. That title's as real as it gets, and 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 really earning it is as real as it gets. And that's sort of what the whole point of it is. That it's uh, it's not something that you take lightly. It's not something that you play around with. It's uh, it's blood, sweat, and tears. People dedicating their life for it. So it's a uh, it's really important. I, I I've gotten to the point where my whole lesson in this whole thing was. To, to not beat myself up anymore. So in that process, you learn that, you know, you allow people to, to feel how they, how they do. I mean, you know, there's some people out there, there's still haters, but that'll always happen. Now, as we head towards the finish, head towards the wind down, will David Arquette enter a wrestling ring again? Are you done with wrestling or are you going to wrestle once more? Maybe, you know, you have a dream match out there. Are you done with wrestling? I'd always wanted to wrestle Cody, but um, I don't know if it'll ever happen. Uh, I don't. Uh, I don't know. Do uh, I have a dream match out there? I got to wrestle Jungle Boy in the movie uh, Jack Perry, and that mm-hmm. was really a dream match for me because uh, of my relationship with his father. We had just sort of, you know, he'd lost his father and I lost a dear friend, so that was a really poignant moment in my life and you know if that's that's my biggest match I'm 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 happy with that. I do love wrestling. I love tag teaming with RJ City. We have a really funny sort of dynamic together. <clears throat> so I I'm not taking it off the table. If I do it would only be tag teams or a, or a manager bro. Well, Luke Perry, right? I mean, was he a big wrestling fan or just because his son was involved? He was a huge wrestling fan. We watched wrestling all the time when we were friends. When he lived at our house, when he got cast in 90210, we, uh, yeah, we've been friends for years. And Alexis, my my brother's sister, my transgender sister, uh, uh, you know, always watched wrestling together. And, um, and Luke actually is one of the producers on the Ric Flair uh, 30 for 30 ESPN documentary. Wow, didn't even realize that. Wow, so he's a big yeah. fan, or was a big fan. Didn't even he know that. He was a huge fan. And then uh, that's part of the reason Jack fell in love with it. They used to always go to matches together. And then I asked Luke when, when I reconnected with him during the filming of the documentary, I was like, how is it watching uh, Jack wrestle? And he's like, I'm scared to death. My son, and every time he goes in the ring, I'm like, you know, it's the scariest time of my life. And that, like, said a lot to me. I was like, oh, wow. I really think that he could be a, you know, a big future star. I mean, he's got the look. He's got the athleticism. Obviously, you know, he's going he's gonna to get bigger as he gets older. But He's I getting think... bigger. Uh, he, he got bigger from when I wrestled him to when I saw him last at the premiere to the movie. He's definitely putting on some weight and getting bigger, and and uh, I just think the kid's going to be a movie star. I think he's got such a great head on his shoulders. He's never smoked, never drank. He's just a solid guy. He's tough as nails. He dealt with the loss of his father with such dignity, and and I just I have the utmost respect for the guy. I definitely see some big things, whether the wrestling ring or, like you said, he could be, uh, you know, could be an actor. I mean, he's got you know those like uh, those Hollywood looks that you know that uh, everyone dreams of when they're producing and, and directing those films. Yeah, completely. And he's funny. <laughs> he's got a great sense of humor too. 
So who were some of your favorite matches that you had along the way? I know RJ City at Championship Wrestling for Hollywood. That's a great one. Obviously, that's a big part of the film. But who were some, you know, maybe favorite matches or favorite opponents along the way? Oh, man, I loved wrestling Colt Cabana. He was just such a pro, just such a great guy. I loved wrestling Ethan Page. was an amazing wrestling match we had together. Uh, some of the other ones I just wasn't as skilled with. You know, I did a... We wrestled Hala Beefcake, a really great uh, Canadian uh, group wrestling uh, tag team. Um, uh, those are the ones that kind of stick out for me. Now, as as you kind of you know are going through this journey uh, in the film, in mean, a few years in, in the making, you feel like you became a, a good pro wrestler by the end of it. Uh, no, I became all right. <laughs> you know, I got a couple <laughs> moves, but I'm not a really great wrestler. I, uh, I found out that you could be certain things in wrestling. I mean, you have to be athletic and everything, but you can also be crazy. <laughs> I could out crazy most of them. That's one thing I got that a lot of them don't. So maybe my gimmick could be, uh, <laughs> you know, so some some George the Animal Steel insane character at some point. I'd love to just be the the, the wild card. I love it. Now, when you're looking back and you know wrestling, everything is behind you, and you know, or even some fans are looking back. What do you think is the legacy of David Arquette? I mean, you donated all the money to charity, but you're former WWE champion. You went through the bottom. You started in backyard wrestling. Uh, my buddy Rick Kelly gave you a ton of advice. You, you moved up to, you know, Lucha Libre. You're wrestling championship wrestling from Hollywood. You're doing uh, Tommy Dreamer's House of Hardcore. I mean, you wrestled for Legends of Wrestling, Mr. Kennedy, Mr. Anderson. So, I mean, what's your kind of legacy? Or what's the stamp of David Arquette on the wrestling business? My stamp is that uh, I am a champion and that you are a champion too. And all the wrestling fans out there are champions and don't let anyone tell you different. And that's, that's my point, And that's what I've learned. And that's what, uh, you know, cause you're the champion of your world and you know, you can't let anyone push you around or bully you or, you know, you got to stand up for yourself. You got to believe in yourself and you gotta, you know, you, you gotta, you, you gotta know that you're a champion inside. As far as plugs and everything else, where can everybody get You Cannot Kill a David Arquette, this awesome documentary, and, and when they, where they should see it, how they should see it, how they can get it? They can buy it on iTunes, Hulu, anywhere you do VOD, uh, Amazon Prime. Um, down the line, I'll probably be on Hulu or, or some something that you can watch it for free. Right now, they're selling it for, you know, trying to make some of the money back that we that it cost to make the movie. So hopefully people will be able to see it uh, more widespread. But uh, right now it's only in Canada and in North America, but in a couple months it'll be uh, in other parts of the world. And I know I watched it on Amazon Prime, so I, I was loving it on Amazon Video. Just good stuff. Love the documentary. Can't put it over enough. I just think it's awesome. Just please give us uh, all your uh, social media plugs as well where everybody can find you. I'm just at David Arquette on Instagram and Twitter. That's pretty much the two that I that I'm active on. 
All right, awesome stuff. Don't know if it's true or not, but I will say, and I say to people that I sparked you coming back to wrestling when we interviewed you for the Survivor's Guide to Prison. (laughs) Yeah, thank you for that. So I'm taking credit. I sparked your return. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I am taking credit and saying it's a good thing. It's a great thing, and I, I hope to run into you at one of these wrestling groups and hang out. All right, awesome stuff. I would absolutely love that, and I definitely buy you a beer a la Ric Flair. So I, I really <laughs> appreciate it uh, for all the time today. You're awesome, and thank you again for coming to the convention, and thank you for making me a part of You Cannot Kill David Arquette. I really appreciate uh, it. Thank you. Thanks for your convention. Thanks for your podcast, and thanks for being a wrestling fan. That's what it's all about. Thanks, John. Thanks for listening to the two-man power trip of wrestling, What the World is Downloading.